This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Interviews. Hello and welcome to NL Podcast. Today we are talking to Govindraj Etraj, a journalist, TV anchor and media entrepreneur. Govind is the founder of India Spend, factchecker.in and Boom, all of which have been doing some impressive work. Today Govind is here to talk about yet another venture, Databaz, a data-led mobile-first video story platform. We'll also be talking about fact-checking, the importance of data-led stories and the need for such platforms and more. Hi Govind, thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you for having me, Cherry. So, first things first, you are uh, working out of Bombay, right? How's the yes. Bombay weather? It's very warm. Given that it's election season, does that have to do anything with the heat? <laughs> no, I mean, I think if you look at um, in, it's uh, for the last year or so, and I literally mean the last one year since elections in Karnataka, which is the legislative elections in Karnataka, we've seen a steady increase in the amount of misinformation and fake news being generated. And it's only getting sharper, more intensive and more creative as we go along. And obviously now, and maybe to some extent accentuated by the terror attack in Pulwama, we are seeing a, a huge flow and uh, finding it extremely, obviously, challenging to keep up. Okay, so that's adding to the temperature over there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I would say adding to the overall election temperature, which is high <laughs> in any case. Okay. So, could you tell us a little more about Databaz? Uh, would it be, would the platform be looking at any particular area such as education, health, economy? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, uh, and that's a very valid question. So, you know, the thing is, we've uh, when we started India Spend almost now eight years ago, the whole idea was to focus on data and evidence. Correct. And uh, and and in some ways, the focus on data and evidence is what led to fact checking, and is and is what led to busting fake news or wanting to bust fake news. Because finally, it's all about saying that how do we get to the fact of the matter, and how do we present facts as a, as a very basis of discourse as opposed to opinion or, or sentiment and, and so on. Mm-hmm. Now, the uh, when India Spend was started, the whole idea was to use data to tell stories. The larger mission or vision was to improve the quality of public discourse. And the specific the objective was to say, how can we use data to tell stories in public interest in exactly the areas that you referred to, health, education, environment, and gender, and so on. Yeah. And the idea being that if people are more empowered with data and evidence in these areas, they will be more capable or they will be more empowered to enforce better governance and accountability. And I mean, that's the, that's the thinking. So Indiaspen has been a, uh, has, has, uh, has been running for about eight years. We write stories, we do investigative stories. We do about, uh, we do roughly a story a day. And we distribute it through our publishing partners, uh, and it, our stories touch more than 300, sto- uh, 300 online dailies, wire services, TV stations, newspapers, and so on every day. So it's more of a B2B product, if one were to call it that. Given that India Spend is doing this work, then why do why was the need felt for another platform like Database? Yeah, yeah, I'm coming to that. So the so the so like I said, India Spend reaches uh, India Spend's audience is media itself, it's uh, public policy enthusiasts, academia, students, government, and so on. What we felt was that there was a huge opportunity in also reaching people who are much younger 
and would not necessarily consume data the way we were presenting it, which is in the form of long articles and investigations and so on. So the, the opportunities appear to be, and I mean, is in some extent, the combining video and data in very short video formats, which is more consumable, shareable, and uh, you know, and and thus easy to disseminate. Mm -hmm. So, if when we started, for instance, there was no WhatsApp in the way we know it today. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there was Facebook and so on, but you know, the way content or even Twitter, for that matter. I mean, Twitter was there, but then it was barely picking up. And the way content gets distributed today is really more social than anything else. So if you like something, you share it onwards and, and, it, and it goes from there. So uh, the whole idea in data bars is to say, how do we use data, but very few data points, combine it with video, which makes it more compelling and interesting for a larger set of people and younger people with really the same objective and to, uh, to, which is to make you more aware or to improve the quality of discourse or the quality of public discourse. So but why not, why not yeah. integrate this, these videos with, within India's pen stories, which are detailed investigative text reports? Because those, uh, you know, so, I mean, they, they do pull from India's pen. I mean, the data that uh, data bars uses pulls from India's pen. But, you know, platforms have to be run independently. It's like, I mean, you're, uh, we are now on a podcast. And I'm sure you're a dedicated podcast person. And the reason you're dedicated to it is because podcasts are different from video, which is different from text, which is different from multimedia when presented in a composite way. Mm -hmm. So in the same way, I mean, if you want to tell video stories using data, the, the people who focus on that have to come from that world and have to be dedicated to it. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so to that extent, I think uh, the audience for these two is in some ways quite different. I mean, the, uh, there may be some overlaps, of course, I mean, which of course that, uh, is usually the case, mm -hmm. but the audience that we are trying to reach with data bars is potentially much, much larger, wider and younger and goes beyond uh, the the audience sets that I referred to earlier, which is uh, public people who are interested in public policy, academia, media itself, students, and so on. I mean, that's large, but we want to reach a much, much larger audience. And in some ways, go back to the original objective, which is to improve the quality of the public discourse at a, at a very, very, uh, at, a, at a very, very broad and retail level. Correct. So you uh, bring up a very interesting point about the character characteristics of different audiences when we talk about data stories in your experience have you seen any particular characteristics stand out amongst audiences that prefer data stories and if let's say these are a certain section of people how do we broaden that section of audience to come towards move towards let's say investigative reports data-led investigative reports which are text yeah, so I, I don't, I mean, I don't have a straight answer to that because this is a journey. I, I mean, and your question in some ways answers the answers or addresses the challenge that we are facing is that how do you make something which could otherwise be dull and boring, accessible and interesting to a lot more people? I think uh, it is clear that uh, this is important as in data is important and evidence is important. Equally, uh, the people who consume it today, whether it's India Spend as a, you know, as, as a service, as a news service, or people who visit our website, consume it in some ways because they're already sold on the theme and the need and and the, and and the, and what it will achieve. What we are trying to reach out now is to people who are not sold, in some ways who are not necessarily aware of the power of data, or whether data can influence their lives, or whether they 
whether data can make their conversations more interesting. You know, when you say, for instance, that did you know 2,000 people on average die from lightnings every year in India? And last year, almost all those deaths happened in two states of Tamil Nadu and Goa. Now, you know, obviously, very likely you will not know about it. But because I've told you this and I've given you an interesting data point, you may hold on to it. If I if I give you one such data point every other day, it's quite likely that if you keep consuming it, then your thinking also will begin to encompass the use of data and evidence. And your conversations will hopefully encompass the use of data and evidence, which is what our objective is. So you're saying video can be a platform given that WhatsApp has such wide audience video can be a platform to convert the audience and bring them so uh, yeah so i i mean our primary distribution actually is on youtube and we hope that people will uh, distribute and share on whatsapp as well okay but our primary uh, distribution our primary uh, i mean our primary hosting and distribution is youtube right now okay you earlier you'd mentioned how data can help people make good governance choices and good governance decisions. Given that it's election season, what do you see the role of data-led stories to be, particularly when we talk about political parties, political leaders? Yes. So, you know, there are two kinds of data points, you know. So one is to do with the specific elections and candidates and what they've done and not done. I feel that, uh, you know, these things are useful, are uh, insightful, but they are a little late in the day to actually help take electoral calls. And this is not about people who are educated or not educated, because normally these things, you know, have to devolve over time or, or rather evolve and, and, assume, and penetrate over time. So what I mean is that, and, and let me give you the, the flip of it. So if you are aware uh, as, a, as a citizen of this country, what we have achieved as a country or not achieved, let's say, in education, in terms of education access, in terms of primary school education, in terms of number of children who are, let's say, fortified with uh, with uh, calcium, or the number of children who are not facing stunting, the number of mothers who are uh, fighting, let's say, uh, fighting to stay alive, literally, uh, because maternal mortality rates are so high. You know, so if you're, if if you were, uh, or let's say, access to healthcare, or the or the damage that's caused to your system by air pollution. Mm-hmm or the number of people who are dying on India's roads and who's responsible for it. So if you are aware of these issues with some level of data, now everyone doesn't have the ability to sit and consume mountains of data. Mm-hmm. But if you're aware of some of these data points over time, then the chances are that when it comes to voting on a particular day, whether it's legislative or parliamentary, then you will make a more informed choice. Okay. And that's really what our objective is, you know, when, and, and that's why we do all kinds, I mean, we do some fun data stuff, we do, uh, we will, we will do some fun data stuff, we'll do some serious stuff, or maybe more serious stuff. But the idea is that to make you as a citizen, or we as, as citizens become more aware of using data in our lives over time, mm-hmm. which helps us take more reasoned and more informed decisions about everything, and particularly when it comes to electing our representatives. Correct. But this will happen only over time. Yes. So over the, uh, talking about elections, over the last few days, we've seen a lot of caste-based, divisive political speeches, speeches of communal nature. Can data be used to counter that? And if so, how? Um, I don't know. So, you know, it's a, you know, a lot of these statements are without fact and are a reflection of opinion. If I say, 
uh, this community is bad for the society or this community should be treated badly or ignored or uh, i will only why uh, why should i do anything for you uh, as as a community because you've not voted me mm-hmm. or for me, right and that was a statement that was made recently so now the thing is i i'm not sure uh, whether data can fight this when particularly when you're looking at a very very polarized environment mm-hmm. i think what data can fight like i said over time is the uh, is or data can help is the ability of people to understand the situation better and appreciate what is gone into it and what's right and what's wrong mm-hmm. and then then maybe take more informed or uh, or or active decisions now uh, on on i mean hate speech is something i mean i mean we we look at hate speech a lot but uh, but i don't think this is something that can directly help unless we are working with policy makers and putting it together and saying that you know okay this is what's happening because of or here is the outcome of all these hate speeches that have been happening correct and which is why we should be doing something at a policy level so uh, i mean there are two different audiences here so there's a policy and uh, let's say a government audience mm-hmm. which might which might we, we we might be better off targeting mm-hmm. with data versus let's say the the amadni uh, amadni who we could target but may or may not have any impact in the near term okay so since we're talking about data i also want to talk about the credibility of data uh should we trust data and stats in news stories about uh, in particular about caste communities particularly when data is used as to how a particular group a caste group will vote for example let's say data being used in a news story says x percent of a community will vote for the bsp or y percent of a community will vote for the bjp do you see any credibility in these numbers and is this a correct way of using data so i mean that see it's a very tough one for someone like us you know so the thing is i mean what you are saying is referring perhaps to polls and to opinion polls in the run up to elections now that's you know po- polls of this nature are a matter of opinion because it's really opinion that you've collected from many people and then added it up and said okay so many people will vote for a certain party or will not vote for a certain party mm-hmm. it uh, you know i cannot say that the data is good or bad i can only point out that the data is of a nature which is more perhaps let's say um, it's more transitory because uh, opinions change and uh, or people may not express the opinions uh, that they truly feel at that point of time mm-hmm. or might be apprehensive of, of expressing a certain opinion so yeah i mean i i you know there is data and there is data right i mean if you're saying that uh, a census data is based on fact it's based mm-hmm. on how many people are of what age their demographics their religious persuasion their uh, their qualifications their education and so on so that is hard data you can study and then you can build on over that that but is data devoid of opinion if it's data which is based on let's say what i feel about a certain issue or a set of issues mm-hmm. then um, i mean it's also data for sure and you can use it but um, i would say that it has limited usage usage and usually it's bound by time correct but can it be trusted wholeheartedly because so it, it depends so that's the thing right so i mean so when i talk about census i used census data as an example now census is conducted by the government of india mm-hmm. and uh, can there be uh, okay now first of all do i trust the government of india now the thing is you know if if we get into a situation where we don't trust anyone then we have nothing to go with <laughs> so you have to trust someone to start with okay so okay so i do trust the government of india i do trust them to do a competent job in in uh, in uh, running the census mm-hmm. now 
as we go down the line, uh, you know, as you get more and more uh, granular uh, in terms of the data and what you're trying to pull from it, it is possible that errors will happen, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, for instance, when we at DataBuzz or India Spend use data, we are not... So we are trying to avoid those kind of data points where maybe there is a chance of some error. But I can also say, having worked on this for a few years now uh, and looked at it, that even if there were errors, our headlines will not change. Okay. So suppose we say that, uh, you know, so many, uh, the number of cesarean operations in this country is going up, right? Uh, That number could be, let's say, assuming there's a fault or there's a flaw in the data collection process. So maybe it could go off by 10% or 20%. So instead of saying maybe Telangana is one of the states with the highest amount of cesareans, it's some other state. But it's not going to change the headline headline takeaway, which is that India is seeing an unusually high number of cesarean operations, and uh, which is also high compared to the rest of the world, and therefore we should do something about it. Correct. So you mentioned opinion polls and exit polls. What are your thoughts on that? Are those reliable? I, I mean, see, the, I mean, the people who do it uh, know their stuff. I mean, uh, it's not fair to say for me that, oh, just because it's an opinion poll, it's not correct or whatever. And opinion polls, I think, have been shown to get things pretty, uh, I mean, pretty bang on in the past, including in India. Uh, there are, I think, a lot of questions about the size of samples and the polls and the fact that India is a very heterogeneous uh, country, unlike, let's say, America and some of, maybe some of the Western democracies where it's far more homogeneous. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh, it, it's, also, it's equally about the way polls are constructed. It's about the, uh, the, dis- the, the dispersion of the questioning process. It's about how the data is collected. It's about how comfortable the person who is responding to that questionnaire at that point is feeling with the questioner mm-hmm. uh, or the interviewer. Uh, I think all these matter. And, and I think people who do it well, sure, definitely come out with insights, which are pretty bang on when we look, uh, when, you know, when you look back and say, okay, here's what finally happened in the elections. And here is what the poll said. So, and, and, and I know that for a fact uh, that some of them, uh, I mean, I know Seawater, for instance, and yes, from Facebook. I know. I know that they put in a lot of effort and science into what they're doing, and it is a science. I mean, it's this is not uh, this is not an abstract concept. It is a science, mm-hmm. and uh, it it yes. I mean, is but exit polls are not obviously the substitute for the final result. Correct. Polls are polls. At the end of the day, you know, like I said, it depends on what the person, the interviewee, said to the interviewer, and how comfortable was the interviewee with the. Uh, with the nature of questions and whether the interviewee was feeling confident enough to uh, say the truth about how he or she had voted. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, that's, I think, a bit of a shifting target. But uh, yeah, I think broadly, I would say that, uh, they, I mean, most of them do a good job. So when it comes to political data, just your recommendation as to what's the best source when people are looking for data? Uh, it depends what, on what. I mean, I think, like, see, I believe that, uh, you know, there are two kinds of things. One is, let's say, you look for data around your electoral candidates mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of mainstream media organizations are putting it together now we are doing we are doing something similar as well under factchecker.in and uh, not electoral candidates but we've uh, profiled constituencies so now the data is all available now different people are packaging it differently and some are doing it better than the others so i think any mainstream media brand that you trust should be good enough and finally you're concerned with the people who are standing for elections from your constituency. And uh, that you should be, uh, if you're really serious, I think you should go a step further, look at their uh, their performance on 
on on a database like MPLAD. That's the Members of Parliament Local Area Development Funds. Mm-hmm. So that tells you how much they've been spending. Uh, then you can also find out uh, through PRS legislative research. And, and again, because some of the media organizations are pulling all of this data. Uh, you can find out how they've been asking questions in parliament, how many days have they attended. So all of that might help you okay. uh, make a decision closer to the date of uh, elections or on election day. Mm-hmm. But I mean, but I do believe that uh, equally, I think it's about uh, having a long-term culture of looking at uh, data or seeking data and evidence about what's happening around you. It's uh, also and, a habit and, that needs uh, to be cultivated. Yeah, and which is where we are trying to contribute and do, do our best. So, uh, Govind, my final question to you is, given that journalists are trying to use data and this is election season and everybody is trying to put out information, what are the pitfalls that journalists should avoid when doing database stories? I think the pitfalls are the same for everyone, including us. I think the pitfalls is not to trust secondary data. Uh, I think the the biggest uh, pitfall is to is to form a conclusion on the basis of, let's say, one data set. Sometimes you need to look at more than one data set to form conclusions. You know, so uh, can I come? Can I look at census, but can I combine census with something else like NSSO? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and and see whether uh, if something doesn't seem to be making sense at first cut. Is it making sense when I look at it again mm-hmm. through the lens of another data set? Mm-hmm. Uh, the third is, I think, uh, is is to make it simple for people to understand. Mm-hmm. You know, because finally, all of this uh, we're doing because we want people to understand, to appreciate, and uh, use data in a manner that uh, they, uh, you know, it, it makes their lives better, literally, you know. Or, or uh, it it makes them more empowered in their in in their electoral participation, or in their participation in the democracy. So finally, I mean, I think you 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 put the question rightly because the thing is, how can I participate more effectively in this democracy as a citizen? I can only participate if I'm better informed and have more knowledge. Correct. And in that, I mean, and and to that uh, equation is where uh, I I would argue that data plays a very very critical role. Because and evidence, because that's what will make you a better citizen who demands better governance and enforces more accountability from his or her elected elected representatives, or for that matter, even non-elected representatives. Correct, Govind. Just your final closing thoughts on you mentioned government is a good source of data, and you gave an example of census. But what happens when the government doesn't put out the data? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's obviously an issue. And it's it's been the case in many data sets uh, for various reasons. I think the government seems to believe that maybe the methodology is flawed or outdated, and therefore they want to come back with new methodology. It is it is a challenge, but I think see, uh, I mean, I hope we don't go down that path. But this happened in China as well. I mean, you know, there was a point in China where people started or rather stopped trusting government data mm-hmm. uh, coming from uh, the, the the government uh, or the statistical arm of the People's Republic of China. Mm-hmm. And then they started uh, creating proxies, right? So people will say, okay, fine, I'm going to build my own index where I'm going to look at, let's say, uh, two-wheeler sales, I'm going to look at cement sales, I'm look at look at some other construction index, I'm going to look at mobile phone sales, mm-hmm. I'm going to look at how many maybe uh, uh, flights are uh, in the air, I mean, or how many flights, how many flights are airlines flying at a particular point of time, mm-hmm. you know, 
so i use all of that and say okay now here is my uh, in some ways proxy to the number that i'm not getting from the government so people yeah. find a way of course people do and and some of them have to right i mean when when it comes to economists uh, particularly in the stock markets which i'm familiar with i mean you know when you're trying to let's say build an india story for uh, for growth and uh, and and performance of individual individual companies how do you do it if you don't have uh, all the data sets that you're normally used to so then you start building proxies and many people have already done that in india as well i mean not because there is distrust of official numbers but people may want a more granular figure in terms of how a company is doing how is the demand doing how many like i said two wheelers got sold how many color television sets got sold how many mobile phone all of that is an indicator of performance of the government of of the economy now this is one kind the other is let's say to do with uh, maybe more social indicators that's where it gets more challenging if data around social indicators is not shared for whatever reason then it's very difficult for people to form proxies because no one else can create data sets of that scale and size as government can given the resources uh, that are there at the government's disposal yeah i mean only the government can build large data sets there's no two ways around that so in which case then you're looking for much smaller proxies which might be survey sample surveys and so on which is not a very ideal situation those are all the questions that i had govin thank you so much for joining us My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.